There's a movement brewing, and that movement is the Me Total Lifestyle. It centers around you keeping your sense of self intact and then gaining clarity of purpose as you age. I'm Carrie. I'm Joe. I'm JM. And we're on a mission to show you how to enjoy friends, fellowship, and life without substance dependence. It's time to discover how you can begin living a me total lifestyle right here on the Fuzzy Ish Podcast. Let's go. And welcome back to the Fuzzy-ish podcast. I'm your host, Joey Q. I've got my co-host, Carrie Human, and I've got our special guest. Well, not our special guest. He's here all the time with us. He's our other third co-host, and he is also the birthday boy, JMG. Holla. Guys, JMG. 40, 42. What's up, guys? It's good to have everybody together. Wow, for sure. Love this. Sorry about the technical difficulties pulling us all together. So audience listeners, this might be a little bit of a shorter podcast, but we're going to try to pack it with as much punch as we possibly can because we are going to be talking about your boy, JM's road to me total and getting into that a little bit. But if you haven't had a chance to subscribe to the podcast, please do so on whatever podcast platform you listen to. If you're watching us right now on YouTube, feel free to subscribe, click the bell so you can be hit up with the notifications. If you want to be embraced with all these lovely journeys of me total that we're going to be putting out over the next few months. So yeah, JM, happy birthday. Tell us, what does it feel like to be on a me total walk on your birthday, your 42nd birthday? Yeah, man. It's actually, it's funny. As we've talked about a couple other times, we've recorded a few of these episodes and are re-recording to have better audio. And so in a, there's a lot of aspects of my life right now that I feel like timing has really sort of aligned to meaningful dates in even meaningful numbers. And so interestingly enough, it's my birthday, which is super exciting. And obviously we get one of those every time we go around the sun. But as you guys know, my grandfather, rest in peace, General Jack Guthrie, was a graduate of Princeton University in 1942. And 42 was his number. Nice. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, there's some chance about that. But 42 is his number. It's always been one that has been close to my heart and, and probably one of my favorite numbers and so today's my 42nd birthday. So I feel like this is such an important year to represent him and all the things that we've been talking about and working towards and things that have happened personally and professionally over the last several months, maybe even years have led up to today. I just feel like it is really starting to happen. And there's a reason why we're having this episode fallen today. And it's some greater energy than any of us have personally. So let's go. just really grateful to be here with you. Let's go. That's awesome. Let's go. So me and Carrie have already kind of laid down our stories and kind of talked to the audience about how we got to this point. And just to remind the listeners out there, I'm the lightweight of the group. Carrie is the heavyweight champ of the world. JM comes in somewhere in the middle, like the welterweight, the bantamweight, something like that. But JM's the kind of approximation of the midpoint between me and Carrie. So JM, talk to us a little bit about your journey, man. How did it get started? I know it's you're about two years in almost. So tell us a little bit about what what went down a couple of years ago to make you want to go on this journey. Yeah, man. I, I think I've said this in other episodes. I stumbled into it, right? So I always had a, a I had what I don't believe was a healthy relationship with alcohol. I was drinking nearly every day, not to capacity or any even inebriation, but just to that good fuzzy feeling. And so I guess part of that 
be happening and sort of ha- and having this idea of man, when was the last time I didn't have a drink? I started to think about just health in general, and I was feeling a little bit overweight as well. So it was August of 2021, and I was I thought to myself, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break on the beers for a month or so, and as part of that, I'm also gonna do the whole 30 diet, which is basically no dairy, no legumes, it's heavy fruit, protein, no uh, no sugar either, and so. As part of thinking about that, I'm like, man, I don't think I can stop drinking IPAs and eating Ben and Jerry's at the same time. I love ice cream. I still do. And we can talk a little bit more about that. But so I thought, okay, I'm going to stop drinking first. I'm going to do a month of no booze into the Whole30 diet, and then we'll reassess after those couple months. So I, I went off the drinks. It was tough as shit. First few days was were awful. Got through a couple of weeks. It was like, all right, started to catch my stride. Then all of a sudden, it's the whole 30 diet. Had to drop ice cream too. And I'm like, man, I am screwed. Now I'm like completely just empty of all the things that I like to put in my body. So, so I go through the whole 30 diet. I come out of it 10 or 15 pounds lighter and it's over. And I immediately think to myself, you know what? Maybe I'll just keep going with the no drinking. I'm actually feeling better. I feel clearer. I don't really even feel the urge to have a beer today, but man, I needed that ice cream. So I like dug into a pint of ice cream that same day. So went a month, all of a sudden it's been three months, went another month, thought, oh man, I'm going to make it through Thanksgiving, made it through Thanksgiving, made it through the holidays. All of a sudden it had been four or five, six months, hit a year in August, was talking to my friend who I talked to on a weekly basis, an older gentleman in Los Angeles, and he knew that I had been pushing towards the year. And I got there and he was, as he does so often, kind to just say, congratulations, now you have the rest of your life to go. And that was just a such a humbling moment of, man, isn't that right? 365 days just isn't that long. So now we're, you know, we're pushing over 600 days now. It's my birthday, 42nd. And Carrie and I were talking a little bit about this before we started the show recording. There are so many things that I can associate to the decision to put the bottle down that I wasn't anticipating, that I didn't make the decision around, that I wasn't even planning for. The completeness of my life today at 42 and the meaningfulness of this date and that number, as I mentioned, due to it being the number that represents really the hero in my life, my grandfather, General Guthrie, it feels extremely humbling. And the neat thing is we're just getting started, guys. Like there's so many things that have happened over this time that we've been talking about this that only encourage me or inspire me more and motivate me more to not only continue down the me total path, but also to take what we've learned and start to share to this community and the people that are interested in this conversation and are looking for a place to have a discussion and not be judged and feel included, that I feel a real strong responsibility around that. And I look, I'm just really looking forward to continuing to share our stories and continuing to talk about a topic that fortunately is starting to get some more traction, but still is certainly not communicated at the level that it should be in the capacity or the context that we want it to be. So cool, man. And you know, if a, th- if a picture is worth a thousand words, we all know that the picture we talked about with Carrie with his six pack down in Miami is worth probably 10,000 <laughs> words. 
But JM, we, me and you talked about a picture that you have in your past or that you had in your family. And you mentioned kind of making it through Thanksgiving as a little bit of a, hey, mm. I've done something here. But I remember you saying once upon a time that Shit. there was a family picture taken around the holidays one year and you weren't in it and everybody else was in it. And that kind of gave you a little bit of pause for consideration. Was that in and around that time when you were thinking about quitting or was that before or after or what's up with that picture, the holiday picture? Shit, I forever I mean, man, way to pull at the strings here. Yeah. So I think it was probably 2018, 2017, 20, somewhere in the late 20 teens. My parents hosted Thanksgiving at their house in Charlottesville. And the way the Guthrie clan works is we either get together on Thanksgiving or on Christmas. And so it's like an on Christmas or an on Thanksgiving that everybody gets together. And then on the other one, obviously you can, they, people either do their own thing or go to the other person's family, et cetera. So it was an on Thanksgiving. My parents were hosting at the house in Charlottesville that they used to live in. That was big enough to have everyone over. And dude, I was in, I was probably in the, and I'm probably going to get emotional about this. I don't know if that's what you're going for, but <laughs> I was in the darkest place with drinking that I probably ever was. And what that means is I was waking up and maybe not drinking right away, but thinking about when am I going to get that first sniff of a little sip of vodka or maybe chug a beer in the basement or something just to try to get to some even point. And so, especially on a day that I didn't have to work, you know, that usually started sooner and was heavier too. And so I at least had, I at least had Jack, our first kid. And so I started drinking early in the day on Thanksgiving at my parents' house, kettle one vodka right in the pantry closet, handle of kettle one, just little orange juice and vodka, a little sniff of it here and there. Well, I was inebriated by early afternoon and I ended up lit quite literally going upstairs and passing out in a bed before the Thanksgiving dinner. And obviously my wife was so fucking mad People knew what had happened. People were aware of why I was asleep. They certainly probably had judgment for my consumption of alcohol generally and certainly on that day. And it was such a humiliating moment in time that I remember feeling just that absolute, just profound sense of sorrow and disappointment in myself when I came to even later that day, right? I woke up and was like, oh shit, what happened? And just the level of depression and this sense of just overwhelming anxiety just hit me in a way that only can when you've put yourself in a position like that. And so that was awful. And my wife was pissed and my son was like, where have you been? And my parents are like, I can't believe that happened. And then weeks later, maybe, or maybe in the next day, some amount of time later, my aunt from Richmond posts a fucking picture from Thanksgiving with all of these Guthrie's and we'll figure out how to get this posted on the podcast with all the different Guthrie's. So it's like 30 people, right? Maybe even more of all of my dad's brothers and sisters and their spouses and the other kids and cousins. And there's one person who's glaringly missing from that photo and it's your boy. Mm -hmm. And it's because I was passed out in a bed, literally blacked out in the middle of the afternoon on a holiday day. So what's interesting is it wasn't the impetus to stopping. You know, I wasn't ready yet as a person or as a human to give it up. I was still struggling with so many other things in my life, personally and professionally, that it was still the coping mechanism that I went back to for a long time after that. And we talk a lot about this as a group. 
there's no like right way to get to a, a better relationship with alcohol, whether that's no alcohol or some amount less or some combination of non-alcoholic and, and alcoholic. It doesn't matter. Whatever that is, that's a better relationship for you. There's no exact right way to get there. And that's why there's the 12 steps for some people. There's certainly like spiritual aspects. There's religious aspects. There's all sorts of different things. And then there's this me total thing that we're talking about, which is we understand there's not a single path to get here. It truly starts with yourself and your acceptance of the fact that not only you have a bad relationship, but more importantly, you're dead set on fixing it. And until you get to that point personally and as an individual, then you're not going to get there. And so even just in the last couple of days, I had a conversation with somebody that they said, and it's somebody I don't even know that well. And we were somewhere and I wasn't drinking, you know, I ordered a sparkling water and she asked, do you not drink? And I said, I know I don't. And turned into this long thing. I didn't even know her that well. She had some drinks and all of a sudden she's really emotional about it. And I've tried to stop drinking and on. And it was this moment of reflection and an opportunity to really put into action a lot of what we talk about here, which is there's no right way. I can't tell you the right way to get there. I really can't. I can share with you my experiences. I can share with you what my brothers have shared with me specific to their experiences. I can share with you some of the results and even some of the feedback that we've gotten from the folks that we talk to on this show and even in just out in the in our communities. And maybe that's helpful and that's inspirational for you. But ultimately, the reason we call this me total is because you're never going to get there until you're good with that decision for yourself. And you're starting to mobilize and think about the ways that you're going to make changes in order to get behind that mantra or that life. And then as soon as you do, and that's this is the thing that I can tell you, as soon as you do, you will immediately start to reap the benefits. You won't feel like shit in the morning. You'll have more energy. You'll want to exercise. You'll eat better. You'll have better connection with the relationships in your life, whether it's your friends or your family or your spouse or your kids or your colleagues, doesn't matter. Relationships are going to be better. There is less blurring the connection between you and those relationships that you have in your life. And as soon as you start to feel that, I can promise you, whatever the path is that got you to that point, those are the sorts of things that will encourage you and inspire you and continue to motivate you to do better and to stick with it at whatever level that is. I certainly can say with full conviction today on day, whatever it is, and I'll figure that out before we get off, you'll see the benefits. You will want to keep going because it will have paid off in spades and there'll be all sorts of reasons, artifacts, things along the way that not only have you've learned, but the impacts that you've had and the results that they've made that just truly stand behind this being the right decision. I'm going to ask you another quick question. Kara, I'd like to get your take on this too, but JM, take a quick stab at the pinata first. Does being in a walk with me total make you feel like an adult or more of an adult? I'm not sure if it's more of an adult because I mean, this person that was talking to me is more of an adult than I am, older than I am. I do think it's, it it feels more much, it feels more mature to be living in a me total life. It feels more I think comprehensive because you're starting to understand and hear both the positive and negative aspects to make the right decision for yourself, both like from a personal wellness perspective, but then also from just a being a great person perspective too. I'm interested in Carrie's feedback there. 
Yeah. First off, JM, I just want to say, I really appreciate your candidness and vulnerability. I hadn't heard the, the holiday story. So, man, I can only imagine. Goodness gracious. So thanks for sharing that. You know, it's interesting when I think about feeling like more of an adult, when I think about what an adult means to me, that just means a responsible person. So for me, I definitely feel responsible, but in the sense of being responsible for your, your economy is important, but I think for just your mental health and well-being is so important. And I definitely feel that more. You hear people say things like taking agency over your life. And I feel like that's kind of apt for like what we're trying to achieve here. It's like, you know, and you were mentioning that, that one moment of profound sorrow that you felt like, I imagine like the next 600 days after you decided to quit drinking alcohol, you haven't really gone back to that place. Now that maybe there's some other stuff you've done that don't have anything to do with alcohol that caused you to have sorrow. But I imagine at least it feels good to kind of continuously wake up every day and realize that you didn't do something the day before that makes you feel like complete crap. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I could, we could talk all afternoon about all the ways that this has been a positive impact and no pun intended influence in my life, having made these decisions. And really, you know, what's interesting is like kind of stumbled into it, right? Not the heavyweight, like we talked about with Carrie, like didn't feel like I needed to go to the meetings because I was blacking out every night. And like, it wasn't like I was drinking vodka like that on a daily basis either. It was a beer or two, but it was just the concentration and consistency. And it, ultimately was this wellness sort of reboot that charged me into really starting to kind of click in and consider what does alcohol free look like for me or what does me total look like for me. And it was at that point that I taught, that I started to think about my grandfather was an alcoholic who had recovered by, was in recovery by the time that, you know, I was old enough to really remember him. The general drank until the day he died, definitely had a problem with it, right? There are still people in my family today who struggle with the with drinking and with obviously their relationship with alcohol. And the neat thing, something that somebody said to me the other day, you know, we always talk today on these shows about, you know, what's your response for when somebody says to you, like, well, man, you don't drink? Like, what, what's up with you, man? Like, is everything all right? It's like, did you crash your car? Did you hit your wife? Did you throw your kid in a room and close it, you know, whatever. And we had Jimmy on this week, Joey, and we were talking to him. And this is like such a prolific statement that I can't wait to continue to at least use as a swing thought in these conversations as we go forward. He goes, the people that ask you about your cup have a problem with their own cup. Let that sit in. I mean, let that soak in for a second. Profound, yeah. Like the reality is people that are, yeah, people that are questioning your decisioning, that are questioning the path that you're on with alcohol or whatever it is, probably have some concerns on their end or there's some insecurities or some improprieties even particular to whatever they're doing in their life. And it comes back all of a sudden as an opportunity to share how we got here. And what the meaning has been and what the benefits are and that it's really not judgmental. It's about finding a better place. And as Joe likes to say, that excellence through temperance. I just love that as a swing thought into these conversations. It's, it's as funny go. because I feel like that's so such a common thread among so much different things. It's not just alcohol even. I feel the same way when people criticize me for being a Christian. You know, I'm like, well, you're just criticizing me because you haven't found what it is in your life that really fills you up. Like, I'm fine. You don't need to criticize. Come at me like that, you know, but I get, I feel like that level of judgment sometimes just for being a Jesus follower. But I, so it's, it, it's not contained to strictly alcohol, but it is one of those things where, you know, 
sometimes people just can't help themselves but judge people for not being like them. And like, yeah, I mean, and here's the wild thing. And this is just an example of how different it can be. There's a guy I went to college with. He was older. He was in my fraternity. He was a wild animal. I mean, the dude was just trash all the time. (laughs) No, I'm not going to name, no names. John Warga, good guy. Not in my fraternity, but definitely in my sphere of fuzziness as it pertains to JMU. This is a guy in my fraternity. He's four years older, I think. I remember him just being completely annihilated all the time on, I'm sure, all sorts of shit. And it went on into his like 20s and he was successful in business and he was functioning with all of these things in his body. And he hit a low, something happened. I think he had a car accident or something. And he started going to meetings and then met this woman and started going to church. And all of a sudden now he's like, you know, he's moving into a much more religious platform and he's going to these meetings. And like he posted about this on Facebook yesterday because it was, he's been sober for 15 years. And it reminded me just the stark differences of this walk in this relationship. Like for him, he needed the meetings. He needed a North Star. He needed Jesus. And some people do, and that's okay. That's the whole thing about this conversation that we're trying to start. It's inclusive. It can be any of those things. There's no one that is not welcome to talk about their thoughts, their thinking, their walk, their conversations, their relationships, their livelihood as it pertains to even questioning where does alcohol fall in into any or all of those things. So really proud of that guy. I won't say his name because I don't want to throw him out there, but it's cool to see stories like that too. And it's really neat to just see the manifestation of all the, just the vast difference of this walk and this journey and this lifestyle of me total that you can come at from just about every direction. And hopefully it's not the gutter, but sometimes it is. I mean, that's the thing. Like people find the gutter. My friends, people find the gutter that are super successful. People find the gutter that are unfortunately on the street every night and everywhere in between. So that is a part of this. The gut, there are people that are finding themselves there and we want to be helpful to them as well. But there's also people that are heading towards the gutter that we'd love to catch before we get there. All right. One more question before we hit on to the entertainment page. We've talked about this a little bit before, but I want to kind of wrap it in some new context. We've both got Young kiddos around the house, you know, I think similar age. Mine's are eight, six, two, and one on the way. I think Jack might be a little bit older than Edith, but the world is so much different than me when me and you were in that age bracket, right? Like back when we were in that age bracket, sub 10 years old, that we had the whole life ahead of us. Alcohol was definitely something that was being celebrated. People were smoking cigarettes in movie theaters back then, Jay. <laughs> like, like there yeah. was, it was just a wild and woolly world. And of course, my parents, they didn't drink, they didn't smoke, they didn't do anything. And then what happened? Me and my sisters were the exact opposite. So how are you going to think about your kids as they start to grow up and become teenagers and 20-somethings and stuff like that? If they come home from college and they want to have a couple drinks around you, like, how do you feel about that? Like, I, We don't know where the world's going to mm-hmm. be 20 years from now. My guess is it's not going to be nearly as prevalent, but let's just say they get into alcohol. What's your thoughts? Because I think my thoughts now are way yeah, different man. than they would have been 10 years ago. Fuck. Yeah, shit. That's a good... I mean, all right. So I'll get to the question. This is something that I think about all the time, especially with all the things that we're seeing in this world, which are terrible things. People with guns, fentanyl, just aggression, total just 
mental unwellness particular to this like beautiful world of rose colored glasses and beautiful pictures and locations and fit people that are just creating this numbness in this next generation, which is so scary as a father of almost nine, almost six, almost four year old. Like what does the world look like 10 years from now for them when they're in the midst of that same sort of scenario within their life? So what I have been really sort of clicking into, and this feels right to me, and it's probably not right because I've never been through it myself personally, is to make sure that my kids know they can always come to me with anything. Not be their best friend, not be somebody that's just going to condone bad behavior, not be someone that's going to buy them a 12-pack when they turn 15 and have all the friends over in the basement to, to get drunk because that they're going to do it anyways. Not at all. Not that. But I do want to be inclusive to what they want to talk about so that when there is a situation where they want to drink or there is a situation that somebody has a pill that they say is a pain pill or that it's an anti, whatever it is that they're going to put in their body, that they're going to be, that they're going to be comfortable to come to me on that and know that I'm not going to judge them. I'm just going to help them and support them because I've been there before. So that's the theme of that, right? So when it comes to the drinking part, I can't tell you what my answer will be, but my answer will probably be if it's just us, that I have no problem with them. If they want to try alcohol at our house under my roof and it's in a confined environment where I'm controlling what that looks like, that's probably something I'm going to support because I want them to feel comfortable. That's an okay thing to do so that they don't find themselves in a situation where they're at a party. And there's a bunch of alcohol and, and I already said, no, you can't do it. And they drink 10 of them. And now they're also going to either ingest or even sniff some pill that just the smallest amount of something that they don't even realize is in it. They're no longer with right. us. And that shit happens every fucking day. It's almost like so, it's, um, you split it into two camps. It's like you encourage them to be curious, right? Like we don't want you to, I don't want you to like stunt your creativity and not be curious. Sometimes when you're really young, drinking is literally just about being curious but then there's a point where it's like, you know what it is. You don't need to be curious anymore. Don't run away from your fears. Let's confront those fears together, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and let's go find somebody and we'll bring Uncle Carrie into the conversation too to provide his story that they have a comfort that there's some there's a support system in people that are can be almost mentors of what that looks like. And why it's important to consider those decisions and where ultimately they can take you. And that's what's so exciting about being on this journey with you guys is that we're creating a story and in an inflection point and an influence point that people can come to and ultimately find support, even if it's our kids, around our own stories to help them. Thanks for opening up your heart and being interviewed by us today. Let's switch over. Let's switch gears and get into the entertainment page a little bit because I know we got a hard stop coming up All soon. Right. So I wish I had Mary Hart or somebody from entertainment tonight to do the little introduction to this, but I don't. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive into the headlines. So I've got an article here from Cosmopolitan Magazine. The headline, gentlemen, the headline, 27 sober celebrities who say quitting alcohol has changed their life, but... The headline is just one thing. 27, head, 27 celebrities in here. But the more important part is two par second paragraph in deciding whether or not to go teetotal is really a personal decision. And then they get into all the celebrities mm. and stuff like that. But I just thought it was interesting that this little thing that we've been picking up on this nomenclature, this language around me total, 
which derives and is sprung out of teetotal, is starting to make it back into the mainstream a little bit. And it's almost like there's this like groundswell of energy around, we can't call it sober anymore. We need to figure out something else. What are we going to call this thing? What do you, I think the celebrities are kind of second secondary on that. There's people like Daniel Radcliffe and whatnot that have recently become sober or alcohol free. But what do you guys think about now pop culture getting involved with changing the language around sobriety? Kind of like we are. Carrie, I'm interested in your, let's hear you, man. I want to hear that hand. I want to hear that handsome man talk for. Yeah, I mean, bit. I'll jump out on it. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a good. You're doing a I'm damn good job, man. Guy, man. Damn oh, good um, job. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. Appreciate that. No, I was gonna say. I think in terms of this conversation, I mean, I think it's obvious, but I mean, we're on a podcast called Fuzzy Ish, creating something called Me Total. Like, I think it's incredible. I think the timing for this is super relevant, and I think now is better than never. I think now it's just really a matter of time. For example, and again, I mean, The Rock isn't necessarily going to hear this, but I think whatever The Rock wants to sell, people are going to buy. And right now he has a very popular, you know, tequila drink. And that's cool. But I look forward to a world where we have celebrities and people of such who Mm. are promoting products that aren't necessarily alcohol, but can offer maybe an alternative to creating that feeling. So I feel like we're on the right track and I'm just excited to see more people talking and all being open about their journeys. On that point, Carrie, Katy Perry, about a year ago, she's recently alcohol-free as well, but she launched a line of mocktails about a year ago. That's so, so cool. It is starting to cross mm-hmm. over. There are people doing it. Right on. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I didn't even know what teetotal was or a teetotaler was or teetotalism was until, Joe, you brought that up as like context to the conversation we were having once we had all really sort of aligned around the fact like, shit, we're all kind of working in this same lifestyle. What do we call it? And we started circling around that word. I didn't even know what it was. And that, and I actually saw that article too. And I think it was the second or the third one where I had seen reference to that name in the last three or four months since we've been going down this path. So I think to Carrie's point and to the point of a lot of other conversations we've had and specific to both the efforts that we're making in our professional lives, as well as some of the stuff on the side, particular to the product that we're working on, the time is now. And man, are we like right in the middle of it. And I think the coolest thing is just the alignment of what we were already moving towards before we started to see the inference and sort of the context supporting it, both in pop culture and really just in in the human culture and and human environment specific to the relationship with alcohol and the data around how it's not good for you starting to find its way into places where you can find it. It's a world where you can find the information that you want now about whatever you want. And so I think everyone is starting to think about that differently in the way that they present alcohol because of that reason. But coolest part about all of it is we are now in the center of this conversation and it brings with it, and I say this all the time, an enormous amount of responsibility because there are so many people out there that are considering this. There are so many people out there that are thinking about it. There are so many people out there that are folks that all of us have heard of or see on the television or whatever that are now finding it important enough to talk about it. Like it's becoming, here's the crazy thing, and I'll just drop this. It's almost becoming more cool all of a sudden to even can, to say that this is a decisioning or decision tree that you're even starting to consider. It isn't cool yet. And I'm not saying that we want to be the X's on the hands. We talk about that all the time. Not at all. We're not cooler to pe- than people because we're 
straight edge or whatever. But I just think that it's the very beginning of an enormous transition that I'm really excited because regardless of the success of this podcast, we're right in the middle of it. Well, Jamie, you just filmed the social media teaser for this episode. So thank you very much for that. We did do the feed heat. Who's got the feed? Who's uh, got the feed, feed heat, heat today? Right. We got we to yeah, do so it. Fuzzy yeah. Nation, what shoes are wearing? All right, feed heat. Yeah. I'll go first. Let's, I'm wearing feed heat. You know, with my all black outfit, I had to go with a white contrast with the New Balance 5740s with the giant N on it. So okay. Feed heat for the day. The large oversized N on the 5740s for Mr. Joey Q. More, I like it. More importantly, the layers of bright white and the contrast with the off white. What do you got? What do you got, Mr. Carey, out there on the West Coast for only. Hold on, before we get into it, let's congratulate. Carrie and his gal on their engagement. Really happy for you, man. I'm, and I will say I'm most Appreciate excited it. that it's driving you back closer to us. It'll be awesome to have you in the same time zone and much more easily accessible to see that, that pretty face. But congratulations. Really just so happy for you and excited to watch that relationship to continue to grow. Because we're all looking for those pretty. Gotta make sure you wear Jordans too. It's fine though. Gotta make sure you wear some your Air Jordans to the wedding. (laughs) So yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny. Well, I just want to say I really appreciate that. And you know, speaking of Air Jordans, he holla Air Fuzzies, holla Air Fuzzies, let's go. Go outside. That's what's happening today. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Well, I think I've told you guys we're heading out to LA today. And we've been through LA as a layover a couple times on the way out to the islands, to Hawaii. And my son, Jack, is a big LA guy, palm trees, LA Dodgers, wants to see Hollywood. He's in the middle of the influenced nation of YouTube and Jake Paul and all these people talking about how cool California is. So we're going there for a few days. And in uh, so last year, I knew we were heading out there. I picked up a, a set of these that I've waited till today. Like Earth to wear. So it's per- perfect timing of this episode and why I wanted to do an episode of Feet Heat. These are the LA Dodgers SB. These aren't just dunks. These are the original SB dunks, the skate versions. <laughs> and as you guys know, I like all the blue. Yeah. Cool. Let, me, the let me get a, a cool, a couple of additional the aspects of this. First, we got the, first we got the sign from Dodger Stadium that says welcome Ooh. on the tongue. We've also got the Gum on the oh, bottom, ooh, from a, you know those old take little league, easy. those old little league days when you step on a piece of gum on your cleats. They took care of that, and then the other one has the beautiful palm trees as they have at Dodger Stadium. I'm gonna give you one piece of. So these, I'm gonna give you one piece of advice, oh, JM, and then yeah, I'm gonna sign off. Easy. While you're out there, go take to Courage easy. Bagels and get a burnt everything bagel with butter on it. It's the best bagel in the world. So. Courage, Cur- but where is that? It where is, is the Courage Bagels? It's over on the east. It's close to Dodger Stadium. Just look it up, and I, I can't tell okay. you exactly where it is, but go out there. It's pretty close. Get a bagel. You might have to stand in line for forty minutes, but because it's like a pretty popular bagel spot, it's like it was written up by the New York Times as the best bagel <laughs> place in like America. So, all right, guys, take all it right. easy. <laughs>